welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined, as always, in studio by my good friend and partner in radio, Barnabas Piper. Pipe, we are uh, we are without one uh, Ron Martin again this week, and uh, I feel like Ronald's life is uh, it's very busy and hectic, which is uh, uncommon given that he's not traveling right now. So uh, all the home stuff, all the all the Ashland home front activity is uh, it must be coming to bear right now. Yeah, I feel like there's um, an important question about this, which is: Is he busy so that he like that's why he must go on retreats, or are the does the number of retreats then like compact all the busyness into a shorter amount of time? And so when he's back, it feels insane because he, he had to Dude, back out of really this because question. of obligations. And I, I'm trying to figure out like what it, what is the what is the causation of this this particular backing out? Yeah, we need to get to the bottom of that because I feel like it has ramifications for the long term, just the long term health and viability of the program here. So um, we need to learn the rhythms of of Ron so that we can better. Uh, plan our year. You know, when we do our corporate retreat uh, for the Happy Rant, we can uh, we can write on glass and write flowcharts and uh, really ascertain when we're going to get peak level Ron Martin. But uh, <laughs> Piper, we have to uh, we have to forge ahead, man. We have to do what we do and just make radio magic. And uh, in doing that, uh, I get to throw it to you to read a promo. And uh, you've been getting some love online about your promo work, which. Uh, to me is far overdue. I mean, this is, this to me has been a long time coming. So, uh, I want you to do what you do best and give, uh, dwell Bible your, uh, your, your best possible promo right now. When I, I love giving dwell Bible my personal best because I actually really love this particular app. So for listeners who are new dwell is a, they've been a sponsor before and they've sponsored us for a few previous episodes. It is an audio Bible app. So you can find it in the app store for, uh, Android or Apple. It's just dwell Bible and uh, they have they have a whole setup to help you engage scripture through the audio medium whether it's uh, they have they have multiple narrators they have musical backgrounds they have reading plans they have like clip and save kinds of things so you can listen to things on repeat to help you with reflection memorization uh, or like I do which is if you're getting ready to teach uh, it's helpful to just listen on repeat sometimes to just sort of massage that into your brain. Um, that's that's actually something they just released. Um, it's called Dwell Mode, which I is it, it that name just makes me chuckle every time. And sort of a it's a, it's a great name. Um, I like but, it. But you can put things on repeat any any segment for whatever purpose uh, that that suits you. Um, but the offer they have for listeners is a 33% discount. So their rates are already really affordable. Their annual subscription is, is already affordable and it's then one third off of that. So I think it comes out to about two bucks a month, um, is the, is the, the price for our listeners. So, so if you go to dwellapp.io slash happy rant 33, so dwellapp.io slash happy rant 33. You can sign up for it, subscribe, get that 33% discount. Um, we will put that in the show notes. We will share it again on social media. Um, so you don't have to remember it, but again, dwellapp.io slash happy rant 33. So if you're somebody who's really busy, you spend a lot of time in the car, uh, you are a mom or dad with young children, and so you don't ever get to sit down and read for thirty straight minutes, or twenty straight minutes, or ten straight minutes. Um, this is a really, this is a really helpful thing. I use it more supplementally as opposed to, you know, as my standard scripture consumption. But it's it's great for for either one, and at the price, 
it it works in both ways. It's, so it's not it's not going to break your bank. Um, so they've again, actually mastered the acoustics for homeschool vans too. So it's going to sound. It's going to sound really nice in your 16 passenger. I'm telling you that. Yeah, right now. and so and and so for like the little kids who are in like the third row, they are also going to get the same scriptural benefit because it sounds good at every row. Um, and Absolutely. I realize I know in vans that's a little tricky. Also great in like the Honda Odyssey, the Toyota Sienna, Absolutely. the Dodge. Uh, what is it? Dodge Caravan. Uh, I don't Official care about Official vans Christians and Piper. Yeah, that's right. Vans that vans that one Joshua Harris is no longer going to be driving. That's that's, that's yeah, teasing a topic guy. for a little bit later on. Yeah, yeah. So but, while 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 Josh and his crew will not be listening to this, sadly, you can at a very affordable rate. So again, dwellapp.io/slash/happyrant33. Check it out. It's an awesome app. I use it. Ted uses it. Uh, we're Ted recorded some audio for it that we're going to submit. I'm going to do the same. I think Ron's going to do the same. And so we may, we may have a future promotion with us actually reading some scripture and then some just texts of our enjoyment for, uh, for your listenership. So that's to tease something that is coming, but check out dwell. Baby. I'm stoked about that. Uh, I read little Jane Austen, a little, uh, favorite Psalm. Have you, uh, have you picked out your selection yet? Piper? I have a little, uh, I, I R. Kelly, you remind me of my Jeep, maybe? I, <laughs> I don't know. You don't have to say I, yes or no right now. Uh, yeah, I can either confirm nor deny. Um, I I have a deep-seated uh, fear of picking favorite scriptures, and I'm not sure if it's like evangelical guilt or just mm-hmm. I'm bad at picking favorites of anything because I just yeah. like different things at different times. So I haven't picked any particular scripture to read or anything else. Because I'm because favorites are hard for me, so I might need to I might need to get some suggestions of what I should read. Well, there you have it, dwell Bible. Get Piper locked and loaded to just read the whole Bible. I feel like we need to make that <laughs> deal happen. We need to get you another side hustle. Now that you're uh, now that you're a man of the cloth too, you're a director. So uh, maybe right. maybe I'm your schedule. The special maybe- teams coach of Emmanuel Nashville. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe you can finagle a retreat to to get away and record the whole Bible for uh, for Dwell Bible. But we uh, we love takes. those guys. I feel like it, I it know, would take man. a really long time. I feel like it would too, and it'd be really really hard. So tip yeah. of the cap to uh, all the readers at Dwell. They do an amazing job. I mean, it's not just they a do. platitude for a sponsor. They they really sound great, and uh, they don't stumble over the words like I would. I think. So um, yeah, they they just do really really well. But and they Piper, pro- they another- pronounce the tricky Old Testament names with real confidence. Like they're just they just roll through them like it's like they know what the name is. And either I don't they might be faking it, but if you know if they are, they're doing a real good job. They're really it. selling it. Yeah, yeah, they're really putting it over, man, for sure. Now Piper, speaking of dialects and people who like to swing microphones around, uh, I got a topic for you, and I wanna I wanna parse this. Not so much from the content side, although we can get into that, but just from the technique side. Uh, so you sent us a clip of Ferdy doing what Ferdy does, just being at it again, kind of making up theology as he goes. And in this clip, uh, people have probably seen it. It's it's called You Must Be Important. And uh, the point that Ferdy's making in the clip is that um, if you're dealing with hard things in your life, that means that it's it's because God has huge, important plans for you um, and, and the devil wouldn't. Uh, send hard things uh, into the lives of those for whom God didn't have huge plans. Now, uh, that in and of itself is probably worth talking about. But to me, a couple of things stood out. In, I'm not sure his one. theology is ever worth talking about. But, you know, I don't, it, I don't think it, it's it, worth talking. It, it wasn't worth him talking about. I was going to say, uh, kick, but, kicking a dead horse gets a little tiresome at some point. It does. And you know what? There are, there are tons of reform guys on the Internet who probably would, would be happy to pick apart his theology. I want to talk about the delivery 
because to me, you've seen Scarface, right? The the classic gangster uh, gangster film oh, from I have, the yes, late seventies. Sure. Al Pacino. Yeah, Al Pacino. Yeah, kind of Pacino's signature role. Um, now, to me, during the first like fifteen or twenty seconds of this thing, it sounded like Ferdy was trying to sound like Tony Montana. Um, saying like, say hello to my little friend in Scarface. Right. He was using that accent. He was affecting it. And Ferdy has gotten so tan. Like I, I forgot for a minute that he was just kind of a, you know, a gumpy white guy, like youth pastor type a decade ago. And I thought I was listening to Tony Montana. That's one thing. And and now another thing, um, I have an English background pipe, so I can't help but see this stuff. So forgive me in advance for what I'm about to say, but, um, (laughs) I don't know that a microphone has ever looked more phallic than it than it did in, in this clip. And I'm just going to leave it to the audience to, to like examine that and look into it if that's something that they, they feel led to do. But, um, you know, as an English guy, I mean, penis is around every corner in, in, in my discipline. So, you know, it, it, it was hard not to, to, to notice that from Ferdy. But Piper, what do you make of this, this clip, man, uh, on those levels or others? You know, it – I was – I didn't have my finger on what what was it that stood out about – I mean, aside from the nonsense. That always kind of sure. stands out. But it's like, oh, it's just sort of on-brand nonsense. Um, yeah. But but when you pegged the Tony Montana imitation, I was like, yes. <laughs> but it doesn't yeah. sound like Tony Montana. It sounds like – No, it like, sounds like a guy doing Tony Montana. Right, exactly. It sounds like, like me as a college sophomore having just seen that movie – trying to oh, exactly. imitate Tony Montana, except I think I imitate accents better than Stephen Furtick does. Um, and so, yeah, it, it definitely sounds a little bit like that. But then he just, everything about his voice is so affected. Yeah. It's just, he, he doesn't, he doesn't just say a sentence, you know, like when you and I are talking or even when we're speaking, we say sentences and we speak and sometimes our cadence goes a little faster or we, we speak with a little mm-hmm. more, you know, kind of oomph behind it. But he's always he's he's always like pretending to be something. Yeah, you know, it's so fascinating. He, it, it's it is it's very like uh, Lawrence Olivier or something like that, where you're like, oh, it's he's 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 performing. I don't Are we think calling he, our shot here in terms of Ferdy having an, an acting career. No, I mean, could we be looking at the next Leo or Brad? No, wait, wait. Remember where we started this, which was he sounds like a guy imitating tony montana like he, he sounds he just, like some white guy taylor in 1996 like right. doing tony montana some van vandersma guy yeah he 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 doesn't he doesn't yeah some trust fund baby at whedon trying to do tony exactly. montana exactly um, i love it and so it so no he does not have an acting career although i could see the kendrick brothers casting him in something um but, i hope that happens boy, i'll that, see that i would watch that one yeah if, if they cast him as like the what well, okay what would he what would he be well because uh, I mean, yeah, they've done football movies and prayer movies and cop movies and I don't even remember. They did a fire and it's good movie. That we're, it's good that we're doing this now because Ron Ron hates stuff like this. He hates conceptual like media-related stuff, but <laughs> but we love it. Yeah, this, um, is, this is our jam. I think Ferdy has – I could see him as a high school football coach, which is I think they, a thing they they've already, already did, done. Didn't, didn't they, they already do a football movie? Like yeah, the guy the started praying, and then and then like he got a new truck, and his wife got pregnant. Um, See, I think I, that was I facing like, the giant. I feel like uh, little league coaches on the table, possibly like there gymnastics coach. Ooh, I like it. Uh, I like it. Let's see. Dude, what about like cop? Have they done a cop movie? They did a cop movie. Yeah, they did one of those oh, already. Dang it, dude! Uh, I can see him in like a buddy cop movie. 
Yeah. Um, but that, that's off the table. That's already been done. But here's I, the thing. I, I got I, it, Piper. Oh, you got it? Okay. Uh, I got. I have one, but I want to hear yours too. I, I think the thing that the Kendricks haven't done that they're for sure going to do. Like, I'm, I'm not... I'm not a prophet, but I, I feel like I know enough about like their how they roll. They're gonna for sure do like a PTSD guy coming home from war kind of movie, mm-hmm. and Ferdy will be the soldier. Um, I'm calling my shot right now. Okay, that's that is a really strong suggestion. I I was going in an entirely different direction. So, Lay given on. given Ferdick's, I don't know if you've seen his spoken word video. Oh um, no, but I want to. Okay, that well I will. I will share. You you can look it up. Um, I think it's called something like Hello Haters or something like that. Um, yes. So and then and then he was a worship guy in the past. You can tell by his former facial hair, the little thing under yep. his lip. Uh, I'm pointing yep. at my lip, listeners. You can't see that. Um, Radio, but, not television. Baby. Right. Sorry, wrong medium. <laughs> um, but what what about like a Christian Eight Mile? Ooh, yes. Where he's like a white hip hop artist. Oh, I love it, dude. Or he's the producer, but no, I like him as the artist. And he's kind of got this gritty, hard scrabble existence, and uh, and he makes it. He gets, um, I don't even know what the big Christian record labels are anymore, but but he gets one of the, he gets a record deal at the end of the movie from from one of these big labels. He goes to the Devil Wards. Yes. Um, yeah, but like, the, yeah, but but he's and and the thing is, he it wouldn't be Detroit because he's not real. He's not quite hard scrabble enough. It would have to be like like no. the mean streets of Raleigh Durham or something like that. You know, it would the, be Raleigh Durham for sure. That's a great one. Or uh, yeah, not nothing hipster. So it can't be like Asheville. Um, yeah, just to, sort yeah, of a. It, it can't be a city that's actually tough, and it can't yeah. be a city that's hipster. Like it has to be one of these sort of like eh, cities. So like, I feel like Charlotte. No offense to anybody from Charlotte. I feel like it's just a beige southern city. That's that, a good that one. Could yeah. be. Yeah, that could be the palette for this. Ooh, uh, for Orlando. This he's he's from there the mean go. streets of Orlando. The mean streets of Orlando. I love it. Home of Disney and the villages and. A whole bunch of cheesy Christian stuff. Yeah, yeah that, that's perfect. Yeah, grew, grew up grew up in the projects of I don't know Winter Park or something. Yeah, and by the projects you mean a gated community in Winter Park. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I love Sli- it. Slightly less Spanish moss than the rest of the community. Yeah, grew up going to like you know Padres uh, grapefruit league games in the in the <laughs> in the spring. But uh, yeah, well, he I couldn't love afford it to get in. He just watched through the outfield fence. That was that's, that's the plot point. Uh, oh, that's good. Yeah, this thing is writing itself. We need to. We need to get our agent on the phone. We need to get Wolves on the phone to secure the movie rights for this. Well, he listens. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe he'll come to us and say, you know, guys, that that conversation you had that you no longer remember. Uh, is, I went, I went really ahead good. and made you a seven-figure deal with the Kendricks. So, you know, yeah, for seven little, figures, I I would consider writing that that stuff. Dude, I would write it for a lot less than seven figures. What, what would it take to get you to write this script? Uh, keeping in mind that it would take not long. I mean, it'd probably take two weeks. Um, I mean, are you, are you and I co-writing this? Dude, we're co-writing. So okay. what's the number? What's, well, what's the number that gets us off the couch? The, the number this? gets lower for a co-write because A, we got to share the money. And B, that's way more fun than me trying to grind out the work on this. Oh, um, for sure, dude. Yeah. So This would be a blast. I yeah, I don't know. what you, you say a number and I'll probably go, yeah, that'll work. Dude, I, I feel I'm, like I'd, I'm not much of a negotiator. If we split 20K, I would get off the couch. That that means you and I we both pocket ten grand and maybe some percentage points. I was on the gonna back say end. if we get if we get some sort of residuals on it, I'm I'm in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude, ten grand a piece and residuals. Kendrick family, if you're listening, um, we will do this movie. Uh, even though, like, put aside the fact that we think 
probably very little of your other movies, but uh, but we'll we'll do this one for sure. Uh, I think you um, can drop the probably from that sentence, and exactly, it's accurate. Exactly. Put aside the fact that we we may have never seen any of your other movies. But, oh uh, no, I have because I have worked for multiple companies that yeah. had a that had a like a, a side like a, an interest in the the a books, vested interest of the books related to these films, and so yeah, there's oh, more than yeah. one I've I've been sort of hoodwinked into seeing dude so your previous employer had had a little piece of the action on those books i bet those did well two of my previous employers and yes they they did very well there you go man you know what we're, we're doing the wrong projects piper it's time we it's time we sold out in a big way and i think the furtick <laughs> the furtick eight mile movie is the the best place to what start. would we call it though that's the thing so like eight miles is a street in detroit that's like he yeah, so Eminem comes from Eight Mile. So if we're talking yeah, I, Winter Park, like it, it's got to be something I think like we call it Winter Park. Yeah, because remember, how, remember when like Lincoln Park was a thing in the early two thousands? I feel like yeah. Lincoln Park was for sure a band that Ferdy listened to when he was at like North Greenville College or oh or for sure he matriculated. Um, so yeah, he was doing a little Lincoln Park in the Discman, um, a little Fred Durst, you know, whatever whatever the other kind of things were in that genre. So I think we call Winter Park. You know, we could open with a shot of like just beige suburban houses for as like as far as the eye can see behind a little gate, like through the gate, you know, through the gated community gate. Little little shot of the community pool. Could, um, do you think we could sneak in Weezer's Rock in the Suburbs? I think we could. That's going to be a lot of licensing money going to Weezer for that. But that's that's up to the you Kendricks, know, but I like it. It just seems to fit because, I mean, that that, that sort of it would be sort of a like a subtle a subtle sort of shot at the whole ethos. It would, man, it would. Now, I'm just going to I'm going to vamp on this a little bit more cuz I'm enjoying it. So, every every 8 Mile type movie, which 8 Mile is really a sports movie, right? It's a, it's a sports rap movie. Uh there's got to be a nemesis. There's got to be like an opponent. So, who's who's going to be Ferdy's big like opponent from the the real world of Christian entertainment? Could be entertainment, could be theology, mm. could be us, dude. Maybe we're the opponent. Well, how much do we want to rip off Eight Mile? Because in Eight Mile, the, like the whole premise was like white sort of trailer trash rapper tries to mm-hmm. make it in a world of like actual like gangsters, African American community. Like he's the outsider, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to figure out what the what the premise is here. Like, is he trying to make it as I? I, I like the idea of of Ferdy as a rapper. Uh huh. Like, do you think we could bring in like Lecrae to be Ooh. like? So it yeah. so it's not so much Lecrae is the nemesis. Lecrae is the guy he has to impress. Yeah, yeah. He's got to like. He's got to. He's got to get himself. an audience. Yeah, yeah. got to get an audience with Lecrae. Lecrae's going to be the gatekeeper. So like maybe it. he could serenade Lecrae's like hotel room from outside the window and like freestyle outside Lecrae's window. To try yeah. to get his attention to get on tour with him as he heads off to to his next his next big Reach Records tour, dude. No, and I, I got I got one too. I got another hot scene. So let's say in trying to get this audience with Lecrae, he he could serenade the hotel room, <clears throat> or he could like crash the green room at TGC. So we can bring in we can bring in conference <laughs> man to help us with these scenes. You know, he. Although I don't know that Ron's ever been in a green room at TGC, he he would love that. But uh, but yeah, like Ferdy Ferdy crashes the green room. He's obviously not on the docket, um, but but he knows Lecrae is going to be there, so he he like bursts in and drops some 
um, some lyrics on the room, including like your dad would be in that room and uh, Timmy K. We'll have to get some cameos, some high end reformed yeah. cameos. I mean, so so the movie starts with like, yeah, you got the beige suburban thing, and then he like he heads out in in his uh, I don't know his his like 2004 Chevy Malibu to uh-huh. a youth camp to go be like he he's the he's the 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 entertainment at, or like a youth evangelism night. So he's yeah. it's sort of like it's like playing bars and clubs before you make it as as the big time. So he's doing like youth yeah. nights, he's doing tent meetings. He's, he's rapping the altar call. Yeah, for sure. And these kids are like, "Oh my gosh, this guy can rap. He's a, he's amazing." You know. Yeah, so we, uh, I mean, we need a lot of like we need a lot of teenage extras being real excited about his his yeah. performances. But to be fair, that's probably I mean just like anywhere, you throw out some pizza and Mountain Dew and teenagers will show up. So Absolutely, dude. I love it. This thing's right in itself. Wolks, if you're listening, uh, get on the horn. Get us a deal. We'll get off the couch for 10K and we're in. So uh, hopefully we're by the time we record next, Piper, we may be screenwriters, um, which would be exciting. So much, much less exciting and, and kind of on a sadder note. It's, it's weird to pivot in this way, but um, – Shortly after we recorded last week's app pipe about uh, Joshua Harris getting divorced, um, Joshua Harris, like 20 minutes after we wrapped recording, uh, did another uh, very curated Instagram post, uh, this time of him looking pensively out over a body of water and explaining that he is no longer a Christian. So um, talk about how this how this hit you, Piper, and then I want to talk about Carl Truman's article a little bit um, just as we as we frame it up. Um, yeah, just at a, at sort of a visceral emotional level, this one, it, I feel bad saying this. It hit me less hard than his announcement about the divorce. Um, I think because it was less surprising and maybe because the initial announcement sort of functioned as a kind of a table setter. Yeah. 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 For sure. And especially because over the last few years, he's moved from, you know, outspoken in ministry to quiet in ministry to leaving ministry, kind of heading into a marketing direction, mm-hmm. you know, moved. I mean, he literally moved as far away as he could get from the church that he was part of all the way across the country. Yeah. Um, and and then and then he recanted his book or books. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's <clears throat> there's been a. That's not a, that's not necessarily any of none of that is necessarily a negative direction. That can all be sort of a that could all be a healthy direction. But th- there's been steps that you're like, yeah, that in retrospect, there's a removal from, uh, you know, there's hurt by there's there's a lot of things going on there. Um, I think the other thing that just struck me was just how like it. I don't know it. The celebration of leaving the faith it is yeah. something that's really hard to know how to react to and stomach. Um, yeah. it, it's, it's well, I don't think we have to be happy about it. Well, yeah, or, I mean, or even, even, I don't know, like, so sort of the, uh, I don't know, the enlightened academic thing to do is to sort of stroke your chin and, and pontificate about it. But, but yeah, at a very visceral level, it's like, He's rejecting the self same thing that we embrace and celebrate. So yeah, like I'm not going to be happy or excited for the guy, or even sort of feign um, enlightenment about the whole thing. You right. know what I mean? 
Yeah, and and I'm not. Yeah, and I don't want to sit here and like parse his statement. I think just just collectively. So for listeners who are who are maybe not who haven't read statement. So he again, like Ted said, curated Instagram post. So it's this very. It's a photo of him staring off into the distance. Looks like I don't know Banff, Alberta, or something. It's this beautiful mm-hmm. lake with a mountain in the background, Pacific Northwest. Uh, oh, it's it's Dude, his, jo- his Joffrey Lake Provincial good? Park. What's that? His back's looking good. He's been doing some shrugs and some rows. Yeah, he he definitely um, he's looking very fit. Got he's a, in the CrossFit phase of his life, which is a, usually when people get divorced and start doing crazy things. But yeah, there's, um, there's something to be said for people who get a little vain. Um, but. Yeah. You know, so the, the 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 presentation of it is all very like reflective, positive. He he still kind, of, and then what he does is he tries to kind of fold in Christian values with the rejection of Christianity. Like he mm-hmm. goes so far as to quote Martin Luther, but then embrace the values of kind of a genderless society that like all sexual norms are okay. And he, you know, he's grateful to his Christian friends, but he's not part of this anymore. No market has, you know, has the corner on grace, um, et cetera, et cetera. So just it, it's just a super typical slide into some sort of postmodern, post-Christian, post-truth like gobbledygook. Like it's nonsense. The statement yeah. is nonsense. Mm-hmm. And it that's what's hard is like to to see somebody who goes from I believe in Jesus to I believe in a nonsensical, indefensible perspective that <clears throat> the the only thing about this that resonates with people is that they too reject the church. Sure. So people are not people are not jumping on board with what he is saying. They're jumping on board with what he is not. What he's yeah, with what he's against. Yeah. Right. Because you can't jump on board with what he's about, you know, um, because it would be, it would be hard to pin it down for sure. So pipe, you, you taught me some things off the air about Carl Truman that I didn't know. Uh, (laughs) I've, I've, I've known Truman, um, only through his work. He's, he's been the guy like to me, who's kind of blown the whistle on young reformed fame for the last like decade, decade and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Consistently, you know, and I've, I've, Honestly, I've appreciated his his words on that. He wrote a he wrote a piece in First Things, which we we can talk about First Things for a minute. First Things, I think, is like a different kind of smug than TGC. Um, it may be the kind of smug that TGC aspires to one day. Um, I think First Things is a well. Is a TGC great, is going to have to bring on more people with doctorates if they want to pull that off. Yeah, First Things is a great place to go for smugness. Like if you, if you like smug kind of academic. Uh, intellect swinging, swinging, you're, you're going to like first things. But, um, but anyway, Truman, he wrote a piece on there called kissing Christianity. Goodbye. I read it. I I really liked it. Actually. I thought it was, it was kind of right on the nose in terms of, um, trying to understand all this and sort of parsing, um, I, I guess what brought Joshua Harris to this point in the context of, um, sort of the, the, the reformed fame grab that started, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Uh, which Truman, like you said, has been consistent about. So um, I thought it was good. It it may have come off as a little bit, you know, snarky or, or bitter. I, I didn't really get a bitter vibe from it. Um, I just yeah, thought it was when, so it was honest. When Ron was still intending to be on this episode, he's the one who brought this to our attention. He he used. I, I wish I wish he could have commented on it because he used the term. It seemed a little bitter. It, to mm-hmm. me, the the tone felt a little bit more. I told you so. Which yeah. is, I think that's a little different than bitter. You know, bitter has yeah. a sort of a, an anger to it. And this yeah. just seemed more like, look, guys, 
this is the thing that I've been throwing the flag on for a solid 15 years. Um, yeah. And, and so he basically what he does is so he, he addresses the Harris situation and then he just talks about the arrogance of young restless reform leadership. And and he's speaking specifically of the 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 younger leaders. So yeah. not the J.I. Packers, not the John Pipers, not the R.C. Sprouls, mm-hmm. who whose theology influenced it, but the people who have been yeah. sort of neck deep in it: the Mark Driscolls, James McDonalds, Tony Chavidjian, C.J. Mahaney's, now yeah. Josh Harris, etc. Um, and and so he he kind of talks about the the arrogance of it, the the fact that people. People have claimed that that God is using them, so they're like, we, "Look, we like God is using our church, so this is justified," and those kinds of things. Sure. And 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 you know, he 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 sheds light on some really troublesome things, which I think you and I would be are both aware of and go, "Yeah, that's a problem." Absolutely. Um, but so his last paragraph is the body count in the young restless reform leadership is already high. That's mm. that's how he starts it. And just yeah. that sentence is like it, that's a kick in the nuts, dude. It is, man. It it's, really and is. And he's not wrong. That's no. why. Like I would be offended if he was making false claims, but like he's spot on. He is. He it's, is and it's it's cautionary. I think in yeah. the best possible way, you know, and look, I mean it's it's always hard for those of us who are writers and I've been way guilty of this in my career and I I I regret some of it, but you know, you, you always try to make your point with panache and style and sometimes humor and, and snark and all that. And, you know, I'm sure Carl Truman at some level isn't above that. You know, he has been funny in the past. Um, but, but you're right. I mean, I think calling it a body count, like it is spot on and it's cautionary and it's chilling. And my question to you, Piper, and, and you can maybe have a little different perspective on this since you grew up in the home that you grew up in, but like, do you think anyone for the last decade has listened to Carl Truman or has his message kind of fallen on deaf ears? Man, I don't, I mean, yes, there are still people who listen to Carl Truman. He still has the respect of some, but I think he has the same, he has the respect of the same people he did 10 years ago, except maybe students he has taught since then. I mean, the church suffers from the same malady that everybody else in culture does. And that is we listen to the new not mm-hmm. to the true. Like we we are not interested in what is best. We are interested in what is shiniest, what is most exciting, what is the newest. And so, I mean, we t- I think we talked about this. We've talked about this in the past, but like you take the books that shaped the people we respect most. Yeah. Um, and and like R.C. Sproul's The Holiness of God, J.I. Packer's Knowing God could not get published today. Yeah. Or if they did. The sales expectation would be five thousand copies. They would be labeled right. as academic, yep, and and they would be kind of marketed at pastors or whatever. And they they might do okay, you know. Maybe Al Mohler would say something nice about them, and they'd sell a few hundred copies at TGC or whatever. But like those books were formative for a generation of pastors. Yeah, that that is gone for now. I think it'll that'll come back, but yeah, it yeah. So so Truman is. That's really sad, man. Yeah, I mean, that's well, a, that's a really sad big point that you just made. And uh, finish your statement on Truman, then I've got another question for you related well, I think to that. Vo- voices like Truman are akin to like the minor prophets in the Old Testament in that mm. they are they're saying true things to a rebellious people that have no interest in listening and and will and will internet stone them 
or internet yeah. throw them in a well or whatever, like internet <laughs> yeah. sell them to the Assyrians. It, exactly. Exactly. Dude. So my question is, is anybody filling that void? And I mean, obviously I'm not doing it. So I'm, I'm really one to talk here. So I'm, I'm definitely not casting the first stone on that level, but like who's, who's working on the next knowing God or desiring God or, or whatever, you know what I'm saying? I don't I don't know who's working on it from a like a writing publishing standpoint. The people yeah. who are doing that kind of work though are like the faithful churches, faithful pastors, faithful professors, faithful college mm-hmm. like college campus ministers, whatever they are, who are just looking at going, I want people to know Jesus. Yeah. And so they're dealing in conversations and they're dealing in sermons and they're not you know, they're dealing in, in counseling and relationships and neighbors and friends, not platforms and podcasts ironically we you know we say on a podcast but they're, <laughs> yeah. they're not interested in their sermons download numbers they're interested in you know jane in the third row and steve in the sixth row and whatever who 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 are part of their congregation yeah. and that i think that's like the church is fine like the church yeah. is not yeah. going anywhere god's god's mission is not off the rails because exactly. young restless reform people are arrogant douchebags but yeah um but that's where the faithfulness is happening and and uh, i don't you know i it's not marketable you know yeah the things that are marketable are not the things that are not the things that god smiles on i don't think for the most yeah. part the yeah. best books are not the ones that are going to sell best yeah and i think that's just a market reality right now Dude, have we ever been in a more sort of, I don't know what it was like in the 50s when television popped. It would have been interesting to be around then. But like I can't imagine a more um, marketing saturated environment than the one we live in. I mean, it just seems like becoming the independent marketing guru is sort of where pastoral careers go to die. (laughs) You know, that's like that's one of the outcomes, you know. Because you've discovered a formula for influence, you know, a certain amount of charisma, a certain amount of humor, a certain amount of like what, you know, whatever, being gunned up and steroidal and and here you go. And (laughs) it's funny. I I don't I don't love Ryan Rosillo. So he's a he was an ESPN personality. I don't know if he's on the ringer now or what he is, but he has a podcast and he just he's sort of a bloviating blowhard guy. But Mm -hmm. he was talking about Instagram influencers recently. Mm. And and he just had some really interesting points about kind of what what is the what's the arc on this like where does this yeah. go and you know and he was like I think it'll pass but but what if it's the start of something and not just like a blip Ooh. and yeah I, yeah and, That's it, and chilling. It, you know thinking about thinking about like our kids so you have mm-hmm. you have kids who are just a like same age as my daughter and a little bit a little bit older uh, yeah. my older daughter and uh and yeah like what what does marketing look like for them and influence on them and yeah i think it's uh i think though that as successful as that is numerically yeah every every single bit of research done by psychologists and sociologists and anthropologists and whatever else into people's people's responses to social media is that people are are more empty, more depressed, yeah. more needy, more hungry for relationship than ever before. So they're they're more connected numerically and more disconnected humanly. Mm-hmm. You know what that is? That's an opportunity for the church. And yeah. and an opportunity for like genuine gospel teaching, the kind that that speaks of a real hope, real relationship, real repentance. And that's like that's where 
if the church just remains like just chugs along, like yeah. slow and steady, this the tortoise and the hare kind of thing, which is an old fable, but like it's, it's mm-hmm. still true, and uh, yeah. we can we can win, yeah, just by being the thing that can't be found on Instagram, being the relationship that is impossible on the internet, being the mm. the counsel that you can't get from you know wherever, and. And and so there, I don't look at it as hopeless. I just look at it and go, this is the latest in the world's version of BS to feed yeah. people on where to find hope. Yeah, most definitely, man. That's so good. That's yeah. So much of what you said there resonated, and and you know, for me, just thinking about it from the standpoint of of being in the Christian education business. I mean, we need that, right? We need to be, um, we need to be there when the kind of Instagram bubble bursts for everybody and they realize that the fulfillment and the, you know, the excitement, the connection that they, that they sought there is not, um, it's not real, you know, it's a, it's a lie. So yeah. How do we, how do we step into that moment and speak truth into it and be loving and be kind? And, um, I I think you're right, man. And it's such a good word, but what you said, like it resonates really deeply with me, I think, cause I'm an old curmudgeonly man at this point, (laughs) but like, um, what, what you said would be, it would be such a tough sell because you essentially said just continue being the church and being good and, you know, seeking, seeking truth, seeking the word, seeking the Lord. Like these are not sexy, saleable, like marketing friendly concepts yet. They're the, the very concepts that, uh, are going to keep us alive. You know what I mean? Um, it's just a, it's an interesting moment to be in where nobody really wants to hear the thing that's the most sensible. And, um, I don't know, I, I hope we course correct a little bit as a culture and, you know, we, we know obviously that this stuff is, it's ingrained in the sinful heart of man. So the course correction isn't going to be much to write home about, but, um, it sure, it sure would be nice to kind of finagle our way out of this moment a little bit. Yeah. I don't, I don't have a ton of hope in culture course correcting. I think, I mean, I, it, I think the pendulum will swing. And maybe mm-hmm. there will be corrective aspects to that. But, I mean, it's like we've talked about with generations. You know, people whine and moan about millennials. Well, millennials yeah. are, res- are a response to baby boomers. And baby sure. boomers were a response to the greatest generation who were a response to whatever. Like every yeah. generation pendulum swings from the one before. And with that, along with the advancement of technology, there's going to be changes. Yeah. But, like, people aren't getting any better. No, they're not. And, and at this point, I mean, it's – it's tied to everybody's job, right? I mean, right. you can swing a cat in any direction and hit a marketing guy and, you know, they're not going to stop doing what they do or creating content or being leadership gurus or whatever. I mean, this this thing is vocational now for so many people that, um, as you know, like people like to continue eating and paying their mortgage. So, like, the, the thing is going to self-perpetuate at some level. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think one of the quotes or one of the comments that Truman made was a, a quote from one of the – he doesn't name names in that, but the young, mm-hmm. restless, reformed leader who's like, We're, we are using fame and platform to spread the message of the gospel. Yeah. Which on its face is a fine statement. Yeah. But the more data that stacks up, the more you go, that doesn't work very well. Because, yeah, it just seems so dangerous. Because you know? yeah, exactly. It's like it's like fighting fire with fire, but all you're really doing is spreading the forest fire. Like you, exactly. you know, it's it's not working the way you think it's working. Yeah. Um, 
you know, or making a deal with the devil to, to be good at something. It, it, it's, and so again, that's just a reminder of like what the call of for, for the Christian is so simple. It's not easy, but yeah. it's really simple in that's terms right. of what we're called to be and to do. And when we start to add to that, you know, I'm going to use fame in this way. I'm going to use whatever. Like if fame happens to you, then I don't I don't know that you need to run for the hills. Yeah. But fame doesn't matter. Like let yeah. fame come, yeah. let fame go. It's a thing that happens. It's not a thing that you make. It shouldn't yeah. be. Like yeah, my dad but- is my dad is famous in a tribe of people. Mm-hmm. And he does strategically think about when I speak, am I speaking to people who are influencing other people? But he's thinking about individuals, not numbers. He's not going, how can I speak to the biggest crowd? He's thinking who are ministers, who are campus ministers, who are pastors, yeah. who are church planters. And and he just – he's so suspicious of fame. Yeah, and, rightfully so. And I'm really grateful to have grown up in a home where fame was a thing that we didn't care about yeah. um, because – because I think I would buy into it otherwise. Oh, and, most definitely. And it, yeah, it's just you don't use fame. Fame uses you unless Absolutely. unless you have set you have just separated yourself from it and said this is the thing God has called me to. Fame is a thing that exists over there somewhere. And yeah, it that's just right. Happens. Yeah, and I've always told people you know who ask about this like fame never happens by accident either. I mean these these guys who have it they they wanted it, and um, it, it's interesting to me how. Like the older generation of our tribe, like those are the guys who have handled it well, right? Like mm-hmm. the the John Pipers, the Timmies. Because that that's um, when fame did happen by accident. Exactly. Yeah, you write Desire and God and people love it and word of mouth happens. And before you know it, you've sold a whole bunch of copies. And You're it right, happened, though. It happens slow. It happens yeah. slow for my dad. It happens slow for Tim Keller. It happens slow yeah. for John MacArthur. Whatever you think of MacArthur, it happens slow sure. for him, slow for yep. Sproul, slow for Packer. Like these guys were small time faithful ministers in their context who got famous by accident. Yeah. That is not the way it happens anymore. And like you said, it it's no longer accidental. It's now leveraged. Yeah, it's very calculated in, in twenty nineteen and that makes it exponentially grosser. Um pipe I hope you're ready for for us to be famous, though. When we get this Ferdy movie deal uh, signed, sealed, and delivered, I mean, the the fame is going to come flying at us. I Man, mean, the, I'm, look, I am yeah. here for the artistic value of this thing. I am not here for the Absolutely. fame. Absolutely, yeah, I, we're here I, because we. I'm here to. I'm an artist. I'm going to pour myself into this thing. I'm going to give it everything yeah. I've got. And if fame happens, like it, it just happens. It's not. A we've thing got I'm a really. We've got to. a really important film to make, Piper. Yeah, I mean this. This film is going to be – it's going to be very important. So uh, if the fame happens and the decadence and the excesses, then uh, then so be it. One, one more quick question on that. Have you ever published anything at First Things, speaking of fame and smugness? Uh, I have not. So I don't, I don't get to check that box on my, my, uh, my smug resume. Yeah, me neither, man. That's a, that's a gap on my smug resume too. I, maybe we should, we should work on that first. But um, nevertheless, Pipe um, – this has been fun, man. It's 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 always interesting to to suss these things with a with a fellow believer who understands the industry, you know. And I think understanding the industry it gives a little a little different, uh, I, I guess, perspective to the the whole Harris debacle. And and to be clear, we are sad about it. Yeah. You know, it's it's sad whenever 
um, this kind of deconversion narrative happens and, and, and the inevitable apostasy memoir will, will be forthcoming, I'm sure. Um, which is a thing that everyone in the MFA community just salivates over, but obviously that makes me really sad. So, um, I'm sure, I'm sure that'll be out within the year. Yeah. That, the way that his, the way that his announcements have been curated Mm -hmm. is really set up for an announcement of, yeah. I'll the, be the definitive a speaking tour, a podcast, a book, whatever, yeah. like a, a project set to, you know, to make content out of this. Yeah, for sure. Dude, what kind of emergent era wackos career could he resurrect with this? And we're getting real deep into the weeds of cynicism here, and we, oh, we may even need to cut this out. What, but, what, do, you, uh, <laughs> what do you mean by what do you mean by emergent era wacko? Like, give, give me okay, a, so like like Brian McLaren's laying uh, in the weeds. Robbie Bell's kind of like been trying to do the TV thing for a decade. He's laying in the weeds. Like there there could be some kind of co-headlining tour. I think it's going to be Robbie B. They're both on the West Coast. Yeah, you know, I, um, that's possible. I think. They're both kind of at the same place. I think which is, Bell, but Harris is more definitive though, and he was way more conservative to start. And like his 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 arc was very different. Yeah, I feel like it's got to be somebody who was who was a little bit more in line with. Um, now, I mean, Bell could be there. There's there's more monetization possibilities there. For M- sure, McLaren's an interesting case because he's sort of like the Yoda of that crowd. He's a little bit old yeah. school. Doug I don't know Pad- if he can sell Doug a book Padgett anymore. is like, I don't know that he's big enough of a name. Tony yeah. Jones. Um, ah, those guys were second tier, I think. Yeah. I mean, they, they were influential sort of thinkers, but not names. They were like the us of their movement. <laughs> you know, I could I could see him. I'm trying to think. Uh, hmm. What is, what's the, uh, what's the, the Lutheran lady tatted up? Past? Nadia Boltz-Weber? Yeah. Yeah, that, that could be interesting. I feel like that could be an interesting one, like yeah. like a podcast featuring the two of them, and then like a book yep. or a speaking tour or something. Yeah, yeah. Now, to uh, be fair, she has not said she's left the faith. She has yeah. she has left evangelicalism, and she's not you know she does not consider herself conservative. So I don't want to misrepresent. He oh. said he's not a Christian anymore. She has not. So yeah, yeah. And and Robbie B is still kind of nibbling around the edges of Christianity. Too, Nobody to knows fair. what he is. He doesn't know what he is. He doesn't say what he is. He doesn't. You know, that's just <laughs> everything is a question. Like he's just a walking question mark. He's a walking question mark. That's why this could be so magical. You know. Um, he could he could ask the questions and and Harris could answer him, but uh, but yeah, <laughs> wild rampant speculation at this point, Piper. But uh, we have done what we always do on this program in that we have wandered to and fro throughout these topics uh, without Ronald J. Martin. And until next time, the Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Hello, hello, Quinice Petway here, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. 
Are you someone who loves to take a deep dive into God's word one verse at a time to explore his will for your life and desire to draw closer to him? If that sounds like you, I'd love to invite you to head over to lifeaudio.com and search your daily Bible verse to tune in and subscribe for daily inspiration, life application, and spiritual transformation through the in-depth exploration of God's Word.